0: Welcome to Play and Catch Up Christmas Special Um, We thought we'd do something a a little bit different to the usual end of year roundup shows We're we're recording this um, a few days after the big day Uh, It's kind of the time of year that certainly as a younger guy I um, would be kind of engrossed in the the games I'd received as Christmas presents So we thought we'd maybe talk to each other about a game that kind of evokes those Christmas memories of yesteryear But kind of before we get onto those specific games, Paul Is is receiving games at Christmas time from family still a thing for you?
1: Uh, yeah, I I kind of, um, still pop it on a Christmas wish list every year. I'll sort of pick a game and see if anybody will, uh, buy it for me. And, uh, yeah, this year I had Last Guardian on my list, but, uh, alas, no one did pick it up for me. So I picked it up for myself in the, in the January sales. But, um, yeah, it's, it's something I like to do and it's almost like, it almost feels like a tradition in some sense just to keep having something on there for somebody else to buy. So, yeah, I, often I will personally leave one or two games that I'm interested in and hope that, you know, somebody will pick them up for me. But um, it hasn't it has happened for a while. I think the last time it happened was Drive Club. Um, I had that on my list, and uh, my dad bought that for me for Christmas. So it was nice just to spend, you know, Christmas Day and Boxing Day just with something brand new and just kind of dive into it for hours and hours on end. Yeah. Um, because that's what I like to do with the Christmas game, and um, like 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 we alluded to that you know this episode going to be a bit about childhood memories, and that's that's kind of what Christmas always was for me. Was you do all the festive stuff with your family, but really in the back of your mind, once you've opened all your presents, you kind of just itching to kind of have that bit of downtime when I mean, everybody everybody else is maybe watching Top of the Pops on telly, and you just can like sneak off to your room and play a little bit of something. So you don't get bored before Christmas dinner comes out. So, yeah, how about yourself? Do you still get anything?
0: Yeah, it's certainly less than I used to. So, I mean, as we've covered extensively on on this podcast before, I've got a stupid amount of games that that I I tend to buy in sales and things, even though I've got a huge backlog. So generally my wife kind of knows I'll buy something. I'll either buy something if I want it straight away, I'll, I'll get it, um, or she knows I'm much more likely to know what a good price for a game is because mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, tracking that stuff um, but yeah, similarly I'll tend to put one or two things down just in case she's not got any particular ideas so I did get one game this year which was, you won't be surprised to hear it was a puzzle based game um, Picross 3D round 2 on the DS oh yeah um, so yeah, that's that's the only um, video game I got it tends to be more kind of board games that I get now from, from family um but 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 it is like you say it is still nice. It kind of to to get something at Christmas just to kind of get your time. I mean, I've got a, a small child now, so I don't get that that the time that I used to be able to sink into around Christmas. To be honest, but um unless it's something that we've bought him, and you know, he he's got a couple of games that we've we've cracked open and started having a go at. But um, but uh, but but personally, yeah, I did I did get the one, but I haven't had a chance to to have a go at it yet. You haven't. No. No.
1: Wow, that's that's quite something. <laughs> to get a Christmas game and be sort of four or five days afterwards and still not played it is quite quite a feat. Uh, yeah. yeah, you you should um, should try and make a little bit of time for that at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have,
1: have you managed to pl- play anything over Christmas at all? Have you managed to sort of find some niche and find that sort of feel of you know that that idea of wrapping yourself in a game over Christmas or has that not happened for you this year?
0: I've only had quick snatches of time to do it, to be honest. But um, you mentioned The Last Guardian there. So I'm a huge fan of of um, uh, of Ico and, and Shadow of the Colossus and have been looking forward to that game for a long time. Um, that that arrived for me pre-Christmas, but I had stupidly decided to replay the first two games. Uh, I'd never replayed them since, since they first came out. So in the lead-up to The Last Guardian, I thought, well, I'll blast through those, and inevitably didn't. I got I got through ICO, but only got about a quarter of the way through Shadow of the Colossus. So I've been, I've been spending an hour or two with that over Christmas, just trying oh, to get nice. that finished off before before the Last Guardian. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Now I've I've had a had a bit of time, but just not as much. Certainly not as much as I would have done a few years ago. Um, so should we move on to the specific games that we're that we've picked then?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, we we both sort of picked a game from our childhood that sort of. Um, we had strong memories of playing over Christmas and um, we, we've discussed what those games were and we'll, we'll go through them. But um, So the, the game I've chosen um, from my Christmas past is uh, Sonic 2, specifically on the Sega Master System. Um, this was a game that was heavily hyped um, over in Europe when, they, when it was released. Um, they made a massive deal of Sonic 2 when it came out. It was plastered all over television and in the magazines for months and months leading up to it. Um, famously with Sonic Tuesday was when they released it mm-hmm. uh, simultaneously in America and uh, Europe at the same time. Um, but um, I I didn't have a Mega Drive, so I, uh, I had to settle for the Master system version. Um, and strangely, the Master system version was only ever released in Europe on the Master System. Um, There was a Game Gear port as well, and that was released um, in America and and Japan, but uh, in terms of the European version, it was, uh, in terms of, sorry, the Master System version was only released in Europe. And strangely, which you you wouldn't get this these days, so Sonic 2 and the Master System came out a whole month before Sonic 2 came out Mm. on the Mega Drive, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, with the amount of, of press that that game had leading up to it. Um, but yeah, so Sonic 2 kind of came out when I was, uh, nine or 10 years old and I distinctly remember specifically asking for Sonic 2 for that Christmas. And I, I think it's the first game I ever played close to release. So before that, I had a master system that was sort of given to me. Um, and I was only playing sort of, games when they came on sale from Toys R Us or what have you and just, you know, sort of not paying full price for things, just to play, play through new games and try new genres of things because it was really my sort of first proper console. Yep. Um And so, like I say, Sonic 2 came around and it was very much the first game, which was, I had that sort of hype for something pre-release, which was like, I want this game and I want it as soon as it comes out. Um So, yeah, that was my first sort of, Uh, cycle of that, of of getting a game, and then either the elation that it lives up to expectations or the crushing disappointment (laughs) that is not quite what I imagined. Um, I I remember being really, I mean, I was only sort of 10 or 9 or 10, but I remember being really shocked to get it. I I never sort of, I I don't know, when I was a kid, I always thought, well, I'll ask for stuff for Christmas, but I might not get it, and... Mm. When I did, I was kind of like, I remember being so like overwhelmed by the facts, but <laughs> I had something that, and I hadn't even seen it, because back then when you were a child, you don't really, you don't go in shops in the same way, you don't notice things in the same way. I, I don't even remember seeing the cover of it, so opening mm-hmm. it up and seeing sort of the game for its first time from the wrapping paper was just like something kind of crazy and magical, because it was like, wow, this exists, and it's here, and I've never seen this before, you know? Yeah um yeah it was it was a it was so yeah for me it was it's really particular because of that and it it felt it felt new as well i think by that point so it came out so sonic 2 came out in 1992 the master system came out in 1987 so at that point um the master system was also already very old it was 5 years mm-hmm. old and this was very much I think, sort of one of the very last big games on the system in Europe, certainly. Um, I think they did do other Sonic games after that, but I remember specifically thinking this was sort of like, yeah, sort of like the end point for for this console in some Mm. senses. And and it it was, my my anticipation for Sonic 2 was, uh, at that age, was absolutely humongous and... um, (laughs) Possibly, possibly unrealistic in what my expectations might have been as a ten-year-old
0: kid. <laughs> so, I take, it, I take it you'd played the first Sonic on my system, had you?
1: Yeah. So, I suppose, yeah. So, how how I got hold of my Master System um, was um, a good friend of mine, Paul. He um, he he knew that. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't. I didn't have any consoles, so very young. But I'd played a lot of LCD sort of handheld games, um, yeah. stuff Like um, there was a Mario flip flip screen one, and there was some really cheap knockoffs like football type ones, and mm. all these weird sort of sort of, um, ones you could get from the Argos catalogue for about fifteen to twenty quid, which ran on the, the horrific circular <laughs> batteries. You know, it was just. Oh yeah. Absolutely ridiculous amount of money you'd have to spend running these things. <laughs> so he, he he invited me around to his house one day and he showed me his master system and he, he showed me Sonic one on the master system and he what he did was quite cleverly he 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 played through the entire game and let me play little bits of it but he basically showed me how to beat all of the levels and how to do it. Right. I was my brain at that point was just like wow this looks incredible because I've never seen anything like that. At all yeah. before in my life, and B, just the amount of sort of, I was kind of amazed at how good he was at it. Like, mm. like I was bad at it, he was good at it, and I was like, well, I want to get good like he was. And then after we finished the game, he was like, "Oh, I'm selling. I'm selling this. Uh, do you want to buy it off me?" And he basically sold it to- for about thirty quid. The Master System and Sonic. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and I remember going home to my mum and stuff, and then going back to him and said, yeah, yeah, I'll buy it off you. So he basically did this perfect sales pitch of the long sale of, you know, a good <laughs> afternoon of showing me the product and showing me how to beat the beat the product and then yeah. sell it to me. Nice. This whole massive sale and yeah, and then I got it home and yeah, again, um, it was strange because he would play it at his, his on his telly, you know, Sonic, on his big sort of family telly. Me back home, uh, only had a black and white telly, so mm. I played Sonic in black and white when I got nice. it home. But Brilliant. for me, it was it, it was still amazing. It didn't yeah. it didn't sort of dampen the fact that I couldn't see the colours of things. <laughs> it, it was just kind of well, that's the way it is. You know, it's yeah. you you deal with the technology that you've got. So for for a good year or two, yeah, maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. I absolutely rinsed Sonic because didn't buy any other games so Mm, mm. Sonic 1 and the Master System is one of if not the best Sonic games uh, made in my opinion Um, it's um, it's very different from other Sonic games because it has it has a high score sort of element to it that other Sonic games don't have Um, and, and there's really specific reasons for that one is that they, so the Sonic games of the Master System, Sonic 2 does this as well. It puts the Chaos Emeralds hidden within the levels. It's not a yes. special stage like yeah. uh, on the Mega Drive. So there's that. So you have secrets within the levels. Uh, but equally, Sonic 1 on the Master System has lives. But it, when you pick up those live boxes, they do not reappear. Okay. Which isn't the case in every other Sonic game. Every other Sonic game, you can basically brute force your way through levels, more or less, mm. if you're getting stuck, as long as you mm. make sure to pick that extra life up every time you re- restart the level. Mm. Um, so, And and the game grades you almost, in some senses, at the end of the levels. to do your score, and a lot of it's based on the time as well. There seems to be hard cut-offs, around 30 seconds to complete the level, and two minutes So, I think, yeah, I think it's 6-1 minutes and 2 minutes, something around that, and you get bonus points if you complete within certain times. Um, And then there's extra bonus points for doing the the special stages, so it's 50 coins at the end and you get special stages bonus points there. So, Sonic 1 on the Master System, uh, particularly my dad and and I, we used to do this. You'd play through the entire game, which wouldn't take very long, you know, 35 to 45 minutes sort of thing. And we'd we'd note down the scores at the end because that was the structure of the game. It, it really it really forced you to remember and understand every little nuance of that of that game. And it just that that side of of Sonic was just uh, really really interesting. And it obviously that was my first game in that in that mode. But as I say, I went to Sonic Two expecting something very similar to that. So yeah. uh, Sonic 1 was sort of built up very much in my head from that. One thing I only realised sort of in the last couple of years as well, again, when you're a child you don't know these things, um, you, think, you think all games are made by the same people, um, <laughs> but they're not. So um, yeah. Sonic 1 and the Mars system was actually developed by Ancient, uh, and that is the studio uh, user Kishore, um, who does the music for Revenge of Shinobi Streets of Rage. And made Streets of Rage as well, so the mm. same team who made Streets of Rage also made the original Sonic on or the Master System, and those sort of links kind of, you know, they only show themselves in later, sort of later yeah, down the absolutely. line. You, you notice know, really these sort of things. Uh, so it wasn't the same Sonic team that was sort of paraded and talked about in magazines.
0: Uh, mm. Mm.
1: But back back then, you didn't. You, there was no sort of feeling about who made these games. So. Yeah, so Ancient made the first game. And then what I didn't realise, again, I think just just reading a little bit before sort of going into this episode, the sequel was made by a different team called Aspect. Okay. And they continued to make all the Sonic games on the Master System and Game Gear after that fact. So I think there's Triple Trouble and Sonic Chaos and a few others as well. Yeah. Um so they're the ones who took the reins from Sonic One to Sonic Two. Um and yeah, it def- it definitely shows. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, um, did did you, have you played any of Sonic Two on the Master System? or has your um, experience always been with the Mega Drive games?
0: So, my main experience was with the Mega Drive. But no, after you kind of mentioned that you were gonna um, you were gonna talk about talk about it on this, and that it obviously is quite a different game to the Mega Drive. Um, it's not just you know. A, 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 a lesser version, if you like, of the Mega Drive. It's a completely different game. So, you, know, as, you as you suggested, I went and um, uh, played a little bit emulated. I didn't get to play a huge amount, but got to, I think, the third or fourth stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, completely different to, to the Mega Drive game. I take it you've played you've played the Mega Drive version in, in latter years, have you?
1: Yeah, so it was quite nice. Um, so, again, I was playing Sonic 2 uh, in black and white, because we only had a black and white telly still. Yeah. Um, and then we did something strange, because my parents didn't want to pay for a colour TV licence. So mm. what we did was we ended up getting a Mega Drive cheap yeah, uh, and a Master System converter yes, and an Amiga monitor.
0: Oh, okay. yeah.
1: And we hooked all those up, um, and that's how we started to play Master System games. So I can't remember whose idea it was, but it was like, Well, for us to play Master System games in colour, you need to connect via SCART. So let's get a Mega Drive, and then we can play our Master System games in colour.
0: Yeah. And
1: somehow that got bought by both of my parents (laughs) to go, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Which basically led to us just buying a Mega Drive and playing Mega Drive games. Yeah, of course. But um, it was quite amusing that the backwards compatibility cell actually actually worked. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we did. I think it was. I think it was probably. Um, I'm, I'm going to say sort of three months after Christmas. I think that happened that's that back yeah. Christmas, and immediately the first game I went. I went bought Sonic Two on the Mega Drive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was back 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 then. Sonic One was still coming with every single Mega Drive, anyway. Yeah. So. Of course. Yeah. 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 So, so I kind of played one and two back to back more. or less.
0: Yeah. Yeah no so I I played did play a bit of it as I say and I think the thing that stood out to me more than anything as you've already mentioned no special stages for for care emeralds I, I didn't find any of them but no, uh, I, I did cotton on to the fact that that yeah they were hidden in in the levels um also the boss battles that seemed a little bit more imaginative in the in the master system version I don't know whether that's that's throughout but I mean from my memory of the Megatron, I mean I haven't played them since since those years but um it was kind of Robotnik would turn up at the end of the level, and it's a kind of standard three or four hits, and then he, he's defeated. He would fly back and forth across a kind of static screen. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, it, I don't know, there seems to be a little bit more variety with, with the Master System one.
1: Yeah, the the it again, they to, to made some changes. As a kid, I was it was blasphemous for me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sonic One on my system, you get to the third stage and Mega Drive is different. You always get three playable levels with the boss at the end, whereas. The Master System versions always have a third stage, which isn't really a stage. There's no coins to pick up, no rings to pick up. It's just, yeah. you know, an, a, a couple of jumps and then you're straight onto the boss, as it were. Um, but the the first one the Master System, you always fight Robotnik at the end of the stages. Sonic 2 on the Master System doesn't have Robotnik. There is Hedgemen or there are, there, you know, there are other creatures. And at the time, I was really disappointed that I wasn't fighting Robotnik at the end of yeah. the stages. And the music was different and I was just like, oh, I don't really like this. This is completely different and this is mm. odd, you know. Again, when you haven't played much, little things will kind of throw you. It's it's no yeah. surprise that, you know, people are, people who are younger, you know, they like playing Call of Duty every year because it's familiar. It's a similar thing. It's yeah, something, something yeah. slightly different. You kind of go, oh, well, I don't like that because I'm not used to that. Um, but you're right, they are... They're very, they're, they're very odd. I, so you played the second stage, and that one's really odd because that's mm. like the the chicken head thing with the eggs right. that come out and the little yeah. little chickens that pop out, which yeah. is really bizarre. And that was <laughs> that 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 boss in particular was an absolute nightmare on a black and white telly. I can tell you because those <laughs> little things you could not see them at all, yeah, and you course, would just yeah. die all the time. Yeah. It was just <laughs> infuriating. Yeah, you would really. It it made me better at games, I think, in a lot of sense. Um, Sonic Two is an incredibly infuriating game. I don't know if that came across maybe when you were playing it, but there's a lot of, lot of uh, unseen deaths in that game. Yeah, in in terms of jumps where you can't tell what's coming up.
0: I think that was my overriding feeling of it was, you know. A bit of a cliche but sonic is a game that you associate with speeding through the levels certainly on the mega drive you know it's rare that you'll as you say go in a blind jump and and end up on some spikes or in some lava or you know uh it, you might not get you, you you might not see everything you would do if you took it a bit more slowly and worked out the, the optimal path through but but yeah there were uh, there was a lot of stop start and um lots of mine carts in the levels i played and and things like that is um yeah, it, it wasn't quite the kind of free-flowing game that I remember Sonic to be. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's really interesting because I mean, th- yeah, the, the speed is definitely slow on the on the Master System version. I I just played through it as well. I I played it through and I played emulated, and I had quite a bit of slowdown as well, which I can't remember, but I'm guessing it must have been there at the time. Right. I do, I do suspect that the, the hardware was probably not good enough to be able to really do Sonic at the speeds that. Um, what happening on the Mega Drive version in terms yeah. of, you know, the design on that front? So it's, de- it's definitely is a slower game, um, but it was slower on the Master System as well. And uh, what's intri- the one thing that is sort of consistent between the two titles very much is the movement. The movement and the animation of Sonic hasn't really changed between the two games, yeah. which is quite nice because it does have that more sedate pace to it and. Um, it does allow for some more, I would say, potentially more interesting mechanics in terms of in terms of sort of design. Like you say, yeah. the first level has minecarts, which nothing's like that on the first version of the Master System. Um, mm. and, and one of the things that does stand out um, is that, is the fact that they put a lot of different sort of equipment, I suppose, in the levels. Um, one of the ones that really stands out to me is the second level, which you play through the Sky High Zone, yeah with the ha the hand gliders
0: yes yeah of course
1: um how 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 did you get on with the hand gliders
0: uh not not the best <laughs> because quite, quite tricky
1: yeah yeah um, I mean again, as a kid i I remember doing that, and you pick it up and you jump in the air to the hand glider, and I would just crash on the ground because <laughs> yeah. the the game didn't tell you how to control this, and it just seemed completely. Uh, counterintuitive, the entire yeah. control mechanism and that, but
0: yeah.
1: again, you know, I think because I played it so much I got used to it and I completely massed the hell out of the hand gliders like, you know um, the second level I can do the entirety just on the hand glider and avoid right. the enemies just at the right times, and you basically have to do that as well to get the Chaos Emerald. That's sort of towards the end oh, okay. of the levels in the in the clouds. You wouldn't see it otherwise. There's no other way of getting it apart from getting it on the hang glider. And right. I used to spend hours and hours and hours on that second level trying to get that Chaos yeah. Emerald. Used to drive me up the wall. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it had some really interesting mechanics in terms of that. It the controls on things are just it, the. It does things that the other games don't do as i say it, I'm not even sure if there is minecarts or hand gliders in any other sonic game I don't think there is I think that's no. only in this sonic game um the other one as well so the, the, just and then sort of the water level, you get out uh, these bubbles, and on the bubbles um it's so str- so it's, it's very inconsistent, very uneven game, so in the levels there are the normal bubbles that you can um uh, suck up for air much like on the Mega Drive one so from you out yeah. of air you get the little sort of things at the bottom that show that you know a bubble's going to come out and you can you can grab it with your mouth and, and, and suck up the bubble but yeah. there's a different type of bubble in which you when you jump up you actually go inside the bubble and then right. ride inside the bubble upwards trying to dodge things again okay. it's completely strange that they've got two different bubble mechanics in the same yeah. level like that it's yeah. crazy stuff um the, the other thing that this game has that the first one doesn't is they put loop-de-loops in for the first time as well. Yeah. Um, and going back playing it, I, I, again, I was amazed at the time, but now it's <laughs> it's a bit wonky. When I was yeah. doing them, I was like, uh oh, not sure these physics are quite right doing the <laughs> loops. It's almost yeah. like as soon as you attach yourself onto the loops, it just goes, uh, you're on the loop now, you're going to finish it. There's no way of sort of like, falling off halfway through Um, yeah, it just kind of becomes a thing that just happens Mm -hmm. in terms of that Uh, and I remember distinctly that people people were saying that again they were complaining about uh, so there were corkscrews in Sonic 2 on the on the master system but there is on the very first level on the Mega Drive so people went oh well uh Sonic can't do corkscrews on the Master system. So yeah. then in, in Sonic Chaos when that comes out the first thing they do on that is put corkscrews <laughs> in. <laughs> but they're so badly implemented, it's uh, it's quite amusing. I don't know, it's it like I say, it's really uneven in the ideas that it has and it does this all the time through the game. Um but the bo- the bosses are interesting. There there are some very ugly looking bosses as well. Um uh, there's one that's almost like this um, metallic sort of warthog thing that kind of bashes you against the wall, and these rocks right. come down. It has spikes that sort of retract, and you have to jump at the right time. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's an odd game. It's really odd, and I mean, you got to the third level, so the color palettes as well are incredibly mm. strange. So the third level has this turquoise sort of
0: water look. Yeah, um, I struggled with that. What in, in what in what sense? Just in terms of the the way it looked, I found, I found it quite hard to look at.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's almost um, gaudish, isn't it? In its yeah. style, it, it's yeah. very strange. But then some of it it looks really nice, sort of later on. Um, the, the the very last level, the crystal egg zone looks fantastic because it's like. Really muted colour palette, it basically just using white and blue and nothing else, and it's yeah. really nice style to it. And it, equally, the sort of metallic green hill zone that kind of pops up halfway through the game, and that has a really nice sort of feel and look to it mm-hmm. as well. So, but it's just so, it's all over the place. I mean, it really is. It's, and I, I don't, I wonder I wonder if anybody has any fond memories of it, apart from maybe me, in some sense, because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not a game that you would you would pick out otherwise as something that you would you would have any memories of. Um, mm. In terms of in terms of design or things like that, it just doesn't. It it's just like I say. It's it it felt it when I played I played it again, and it feels very much like. It's struggling for its own identity in some sense. It knows that it's going to get ignored, I think. I think they must know it was going to get ignored as a game because everybody's going to be looking at that Mega Drive version um, and nobody's going to really care for this. And they must have known that, I think.
0: Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's like you say, I think back, back in those days when people of our, our kind of age were younger, I mean, games were still... Relatively, uh, pretty much as expensive as they are now. You know, they were they were they weren't cheap games, no. and unless you were a wealthy family, you weren't getting you know new games every week or every month. It was you you got a game and you stuck with it, like you like you alluded to. You know, you, you absolutely rinse it, and unless it's an absolute shambles, then that's what you do. You know, you 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 really make the most of it, and you know, with Sonic, try, like you say, find up to him. You know, really kind of master the hang glider, and you know, find all the Chaos Emeralds and and uh you know score attack and all that kind of thing and i just think it's it's one of those things that it it was the circumstance so even if it wasn't a perfect game those fond mem- memories are bound to come back you know cuz it's it's a game you spent a lot of time with yeah i think so um it,
1: it it's just it's just very difficult because you know I've similar fond memories of Sonic 1 but I can go back and play Sonic 1 on my system and go this is an amazing game whereas yeah. I don't I don't feel that with Sonic 2 I think what was and I I don't really I, I can't remember the last time I played through uh this version before today and, and before this week sorry um I I think um I I, th- I th- what was surprising to me was how much I remembered I remembered pretty much all of it there was one level where I kind of half forgot where the Curse Emerald was, and I was on, on the bus. And I was like, oh, "I'll just look on my phone." So I looked to yeah. my phone, and I went, "Oh right, okay, that's where it is." And just did it, and it's just that's kind of interesting in in of it itself because back then, you just you you got stuck on something, you just that was it. You just kept kept going, which brings me to the, the, the biggest the biggest design issue with Sonic 2 on the Master System, which is the Chaos Emeralds, because, so the, I remembered I remembered all of them apart from one, which I looked up, but at the time, um, when I got Sonic 2 on the Master System, as I say, I got it for Christmas, I spent, I don't know, a, a good I, I must have spent all of Christmas playing it, and I must have got to the end of it, I'm sure I must have got to the end of it over the Christmas period. And the last levels against um, a Silver Sonic sort of character, and you battle him. Yeah. He gives you a Chaos Emerald, and then, <laughs> and then you get you get the end sequence. Uh, and the end sequence is Sonic running along, and it's uh, so, so the plot of Sonic Two. We haven't talked about the plot. There is a plot. The plot of Sonic Two is <laughs> the plot of Sonic Two is is that Tails gets kidnapped by Doctor Robotnik at the start of the game. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to rescue Tails, mm. which was uh, a lot of people again thought that was a bit, um a bit strange that you've got a game that was on the Mega Drive promoting the fact that there's this brand new character you could play as. Yeah. Master System version, you can only play Sonic because you yeah. were rescuing Tails, <laughs> <laughs> which was. Uh, Yes, again disappointing to me as as a as a ten year old kid. Like, why can't I play as Tails? Because yeah. you know that's what Every, that was it, What all the me- you know, the media was about at the time. Not that it actually meant anything in the grand scheme of things, but anyway. No, of course. Yeah. So the, you get the end. I got the end sequence. Something's running along, and he looks up to the stars, and he sees Tails facing the stars. And I remember getting that ending, I went, and I remember thinking, that's not right, that's not the end of the game, (laughs) I've done something (laughs) wrong. And true enough, I'd had, I hadn't got all the Chaos Emeralds, and I remember thinking, I remember counting them and going, I haven't got all the Chaos Emeralds, that's why I haven't finished the game properly. Um, And on Sonic 1 and the Master System, all I knew was when you collected all the Chaos Emeralds on that, you just got a slightly different animation, but effectively you'd finished the game but on Sonic one on Sonic 2 it felt like there's something missing this does not feel right you know so i remember thinking must be one on every single zone every 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 act uh, every second act of every zone and sure enough i'd count them up and the only one i couldn't get one was uh, one on was gimmick mountain and yeah. i spent months and <laughs> months well, not months, but at least two or three months going through Gimmick Mountain trying to figure out where this carousel was. And I didn't know where it was. I literally went around every single inch of the map. I was like, I don't know where this is. So I convinced myself that the game was bugged. I convinced <laughs> myself that it didn't exist and it was a, a flaw with the game. Because it must be there to be found. Yeah. So, I went with my mum to Dixon's. (laughs) And we swapped our Sonic 2 on the Master System for another copy of Sonic 2 on the Master System. Amazing. Yeah. Got home. Did the same. (laughs) Wasn't there. Oh, no. So, I was like, what what is going on? What is going on with this? Then... One day, don't know how, don't know why, jumped into a wall and it was a a false wall
0: Yeah,
1: and there was a section beyond the false wall with some travelators and you went up and round and there was the Chaos Emerald hidden behind a false wall. So after months and months of, of thinking I'd, you know, had a broken game, it was it was it was obviously there all along. It's just I didn't know where it was.
0: <laughs> so was that a, a feeling of elation at the time or was it that was cheaply hidden you felt or Oh,
1: it was definitely cheaply hidden because it was yeah. it was a jump that you know, Sonic you very much moved from left to right the entire time. Yeah. So you would be you know, if there was any secret rooms, they're gonna be on the right hand side. This was yeah. very much after you'd done a jump to sort of a slope height and it was on the left. It was like right. not a jump, you would, nev- you would never do it. Yeah. You know, you would just not. But I'd probably gone back and forth with that level so many times that it was just something that I did. Yeah. Um, and when I did it, I was just, I, I mean, I was gobsmacked. I was absolutely <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell? I, yeah. I, I, I can't believe that I didn't find out in any other way. I can't believe that. I just, do you know what I mean? From a magazine or...
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you. Did you used to get like the, the Sega magazines and stuff? Well, I did, but did no, no guides or anything in there. Well, no, exactly. I don't
1: think I don't think people cared about doing guides for Master System games anymore mm, cause the Mega Drive true. was the thing back then. For sure, you know, yeah, yeah. At that time, so uh, yeah, I'd, but there was no other sort of option for finding out things, and I don't think any of my friends bought it, so it was just you know just had to. And yeah, just I think it happened randomly one day. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So then I did it. I went to the thing, and you get a final, last level that's different. And this is the crystal egg zone, which is the blue, white one. It's got this really nice sort of glittering arpeggio, sort of keyboards going on. Oh, it's just like a wonderful sort of level. It's like yeah. It's like going to heaven, the last level, basically. It's just like, it's wow, and it's just like, especially when I got there, I was like, wow. yeah, Wow, Like, imagine if I never got here, that sort of thing. Um, and then finally, you get the final, final boss, which is actually Robotnik as well, so you finally fight oh, okay. Robotnik as well, and it's like, wow, yeah. and it's this huge contraption, and it's really difficult, the last boss. Um, really difficult, um, and then I beat that, and I was like, I've got a proper ending. And all the proper ending is, it's still Sonic running along, except this time because you've got Tails, Tails is running along behind you. Yeah. But everything else is exactly the same. (laughs) Right. But again, as a kid, it was amazing because it was the first time I'd seen Tails animated as well, you know. Yeah. like, oh, wow, look at Tails sort of running along with Sonic. Yeah. (sighs) So, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's brilliant.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'd, 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 I I can't imagine another game doing that, uh, or being that obtuse as well, I mean it's completely obtuse like ridiculously yeah. slow So I didn't forget it this time because again, I think I've had it drilled into me that much <laughs> so much, but there's no chance of me forgetting where that curse emerald is um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, and there's just some really shit design in this game, full stop um, the boss on the green hill zone, is like there's these massive spike pits like huge and you have to hit a bouncer perfectly on like an angle, just on the right of the edge of it and move all the way to the right, right. just to reach the next platform. If you don't you'll end up in a pit of spikes and it's instant death. There's yeah. loads of that in the game. Loads of just really arsey decisions like <laughs> where it's like you unless you know the levels inside out, you're gonna die and um the Mass System games as well have always the, the rings don't sort of disperse quite as much as they do on the Mega Drive. Yeah. There's yeah. only like two or three that you pick up. So again, it's like, even if you do land on spikes, you can end up dead quite easily. There's bits where you end up on spikes and it's a bit of death. And even if you had rings, you just end up, you've got to give up at some point because there's no other way around it. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm the- there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of enemies that, you hit them and they push you backwards into spikes, and it's instant death. It's it's a harsh game, <laughs> It really <laughs> is. and not in a good way. But um, yeah, and I, I, I did. I, I'm kind of surprised you got to even to level three, if I'm honest, because yeah, it's. I, I just because I know a lot of how that game works. It's it's not difficult for me, but I imagine for somebody who's never played it before, it's probably quite obtuse.
0: I did find it tricky. I have to admit, I, I really did. Um, but no, I wanted, I wanted to try and at least you know see see a decent kind of proportion of the game. Um, but no, it took me it took me a, a decent while to to get that far. Um, but yeah, I definitely had enough by that point. I think. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting because as soon as you came up, I mean, you you were the one who mentioned to me the idea for this this show of you know talking about games that kind of shout out Christmas for you from from yesterday. I mean. Sonic, the first Sonic game for me would have been my my first go to. Uh, you mentioned, you know, it was packed in with Mega Drives at the time, and I, I had a Mega Drive for Christmas one year. With, with that packed in, it was a complete surprise, and it was just, you know, unbelievable. We've spoken before about how I grew up playing Spectrum and going from platformers on that to to Sonic in this. Thankfully, we did have a color TV, so you know, seeing it in in full. Non kind of color clash gaming as as you had with the Spectrum and uh, just the speed of the thing and the animation it was just you know gobsmacking stuff it was it was unbelievable, um, but then Sonic Two specifically was was interesting for me yeah I didn't didn't have a master system so I, I did play it on on Mega Drive but it's the game that kind of introduced me to import gaming, okay. um, So my friends went to Australia for Christmas and uh, went via Singapore and. My memory of it was that it must have come out in Japan before it came out over here. But having looked um, before before recording, it only came out three days before. So it wasn't the fact that it wasn't like oh we'll get it for you. Early. I presume it must have just been cheaper to to get it there for me as as a Christmas present. But anyway, they brought it back from holiday. Uh, incredibly excited. The box art was completely different. You know all these kind of strange characters I've never you know as in kind of. Writing, I'd I'd sort of never come across. You know, I was would have been twelve in ninety two, just really exotic and and excited, and you know, no kind of thoughts of oh, will this work on my Mega Drive? I'm just like running upstairs, go to go to whack it in the. uh, in the cartridge slot and it and the cartridge is too wide to fit in the the pal slot. Mm-hmm. Uh I was just like completely devastated what what am I going to do? It's like do I file the sides of the cartridge down see if that works and I don't know how we arrived at it but basically we took the cartridge apart. Um I don't know whether this would have been on the day or whether this was, you know, a few days afterwards but essentially took it apart, got the the circuit board from inside that would fit in the slot and it worked absolutely perfectly. Oh, wow. Um. so yeah that was just happy days and you know I still think Sonic 1's the superior game but there was enough in there that, that it was a really exciting game to, to have received Um, I, I particularly remember you know you mentioned in, in my system there's no special stages but I remember really enjoying the special stage on there so it's the kind of you're running into the screen down a kind of half pipe and um. It's kind of like an endless runner type type situation, yeah. so you've got to collect a certain number of rings and avoid obstacles and um you you're running all all around and yeah, as you say, you've got the aspect the two player aspect in it as well, which was exciting at the time, but don't think it really added a huge amount to it in hindsight um I don't think uh, tails was a particularly exciting character to, to to play as and certainly for the second player if if you are kind of running along with them there's not a huge amount you can there's do. not so, much you do is no, that yeah. no no it's just like it's a novelty but there were, I mean there was a competitive mode I take it there wasn't any of that type of stuff in in the master system no, version no. um that suffered massively from slowdown and that was really really the first time I'd ever noticed anything like that it was just kind of you know two of you essentially a time trial you're both racing through kind of modified levels and um, but yeah, if there's a lot going on, on the screen, it would just completely crawl and just be a, be a, and, and I remember my kind of, we were already into kind of Sega versus Nintendo playground battles at that point, And people having a friend around who was a Nintendo fan, seeing that, just kind of using that as a stick to beat me with and stuff. So, um, all that stuff was starting already by that point. But, um, but no, it was just, it, it was crazy having this kind of exotic kind of game from a foreign land sort of arrive and, um. At first, thinking there's no way i'm going to be able to play this. it's just this curio I'm going to own for, you know that I can't do anything with, and then suddenly realizing actually yeah, if you just hack the cartridge apart and and just whack it in it it's probably incredibly dangerous thing to do, but um you know it works works perfectly um so yeah no, sonic Sonic is synonymous with Christmas for me for particularly for those those first two games um and as I say, you know similar situation i I didn't have an abundance of games back then, you know the, these are the games that i Kind of hammered over and over again, and and kind of really wrung the most out of. I think, so so yeah, Sonic definitely, uh, uh definitely up there for me with with Christmas memories.
1: Yeah, it was a huge cultural event, really Sonic too. I think for in this country in particular, you know, in terms of video games, I don't. We we never really had the I don't whenever when you hear people talk about games and Sega and Nintendo and stuff, Sega always it doesn't seem to get spoken about in the same breath as, as Nintendo. But things were kind of a bit different here in in, in England, really, weren't they? And, and yeah, I think you know, I I, I can't remember sort of Sonic Three, uh, sorry, uh, Mario Three being a huge event over here. But I, I distinctly remember Sonic Two being absolutely massive. And yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like like crazy massive, and I think I think the only thing that came after that, that was similar was was when Street Fighter came out on on the SNES. I think that was huge when that came out as well. Mm, but mm. Um, you know, I think I think that's in some senses, I think Sonic Two is probably Sega's largest sort of cultural sort of milestone, really, uh, in terms of you know gaming. I think I, I, I the the three D stage you mentioned. I remember seeing footage of that and just being blown away, just like yeah. What the hell is this? This is just incredible, you know. It it it, it always had that feel for it when, whenever I saw things from it, and it, I I I must have been I don't know if I was watching Games Master at the time when I was ten. I can't remember, but I must have been seeing footage somewhere. I def I distinctly remember going to shops though, and, yeah. and watching other people play or playing on demo pods. I distinctly remember doing that with Sonic. Right. Okay on Sonic yeah. 2 particularly
0: um, just being like wow wow, what is this you know? no, you're right I mean Sonic Sonic Tuesday was definitely hyped to, you know hyped hugely wasn't it and it it must have been the time of the kind of infamous um, cyber razor cut TV campaign and all that kind of stuff or was that for launch of the Mega Drive I can't remember but all, all that kind of New type of advertising you hadn't really seen 18S. for games before, yeah, yeah yeah, exactly, um, and I think you're right it well, was it was a definite event wasn't it? it it was something that that um as a games fan, you know you definitely latched onto um but yeah, I had this weird thing of it if it suddenly appearing from from Singapore for me but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, did you say it was the Japanese version that you got as well? Yeah, then? yeah, I think it must have been. Yeah,
1: because yeah, yeah. the box out on that is, like you say, it's completely different. It's nothing yeah. like a way that um, a normal Mega Drive game would be sort of designed over here, you know. It was completely sort of, well, it's just Japanese, isn't it? Very, yeah, but well, that was like, actually. Saw...
0: Remember really distinctly opening it and just think what you know. The, I, I don't understand what this is. You know, just get to like kind of got my head around it. It's just like, like you say, completely different to the conventional Mega Drive box over in the UK. Um And yeah, just colours everywhere, and you know, it, yeah, it was it was incredible. Just a really odd, odd situation to be in, but really exciting one at the same time. So yeah, no, it's, I definitely remember that really, really, really vividly.
1: Do you, do you still have it? Do you still have your cartridge without its case? Oh, I th- I've definitely got the ca-
0: <laughs> No, I th- I'm pretty sure it's in the loft with with some of the Mega Drive bits and pieces. Um and no, I've definitely I've still got the shell for the cartridge as well. I think I was quite careful with with taking it apart. Bad, um it? and you kind of slip it back in to for safekeeping, but then you know, <laughs> just come out completely. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I'm 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 pretty sure I've still got it tucked away. Wow. That's yeah. that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really exciting. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I mean, yeah, Sonic the Mask System. It's a very strange game, and and I'm kind of. It's not, you know, i i I find I th- I, th- I like the fact that it's different and quirky and not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, because I think I've said before, but I I like I like to play games that are not just the best of the best. Because I think if you just play the best of the best, you you only get a certain viewpoint on things, and mm. you know, I'm um, playing something that's a little bit. A little bit different is interesting. You know, I, I'm sure somewhere in the world, Sonic 2 on the Master Systems is called Classic. Um, one, of the, one of the strange things with the Master System is the fact that um, it sold really well in Europe, uh, It didn't sell very well anywhere else, but then went on to sell incredible numbers in Brazil. And right. I think at the moment, I think Brazil might be the largest market in terms of uh, Master Systems sold. And I think they're still selling Master Systems in Brazil <laughs>
0: Crikey yeah, I didn't know that
1: Yeah So there's in terms of Masters of Games there's quite a lot that came out over there So very late on for that market only so um,
0: Yeah
1: I'm sure there's some Brazilian kid who's, who's potentially playing Sonic 2 even now going this is amazing <laughs> maybe not maybe that's a little bit too fanciful but um,
0: Yeah so does, does uh, Sonic still hold an allure for you in terms of modern games? Or have you been burned too many times for that? I mean, Sonic Mania looks interesting. Well, I mean, Sonic Mania is just
1: like dream come true to me, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it looks absolutely incredible. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of, you yeah, um, know... It, 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 I don't follow... I don't buy all the games anymore and that stopped mm. quite a long time ago in terms of Sonic games, but... Um, yeah, if there's something that's going to be interesting or good, then I'll definitely sort of pick it up. And Sonic Mania is definitely sort of that, harking back to the Mega Drive style for sure. And um, again, I'd i kind of follow. I'm still always interested in it. So I like to follow news around it, and um, the the people involved with that are all from the sort of the fan community. It's basically a yes. fan made game with Sega money behind it, and um, I remember watching the trailer and when the Christian Whitehead logo came up, I was like, oh, that's interesting because yeah. I, I know he's really good at making Sonic games and programming this engine that's really good for Sonic. Um, he understands the physics of the game, he understands how to program all of that, so he's absolutely perfect. And um, for that to happen and then to see the rest of that trailer, yeah, I was kind of like, wow, okay, this is incredible. Um, I've got really high hopes for that game. Um and then the, the the music as well, it's just, uh, yeah, the soundtrack already sounded incredible for that game. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, for me, Sonic games have not just always been around the game, but the music of them as well. And, again, that links back to what I said about uh, Kishiro and, like, Streets of Rage. And it's really strange to me, like, the first game that I really got into the music of, Sonic 1, and System was then also sort of the stuff that I was sort of sort of keeping an ear to when I was playing Revenge of Shinobi and, and um, Streets of Rage, and the fact that it was the same guy sort of composing all of those bits and bobs was kind of incredible to me at the time. No, incredible to me now, looking back at the time, to see, oh, right, it's all the same person. You, know, yeah. you don't really make those sort of connections as a child. You don't You don't think of it like that. So, um, But yeah, the, the Sonic Mania stuff sounds great and um, seems to be really sort of, Hacking back to sort of the Sonic CD sort of soundtrack area, which is you know very heavy sort of like CD sort of almost MIDI sort of CD sounds and and CD mm-hmm. synthesizer sounds. Uh, it's yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Anything else, Sonic? Though I uh, couldn't really give
0: yeah. two two shits for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, very, very same here. That are definitely kind of. Uh, Sat up and take notice at that trailer. I mean, I I hadn't made until reading more around it. You know, the the, the um the specific specific involvement of, of the guy. Is It Christian Whitehead. Did you say? Sorry. Yeah, Christian uh, Whitehead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I wasn't from, wasn't aware of the stuff he'd done. So you know, I quickly obviously read after the trailer how exciting a, 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 an involvement that is. Um. So yeah, I mean, but but the trailer itself just looked, you know. It, it definitely piqued my interest but but yeah no that's the stuff that's come since i mean i didn't i didn't i know sonic adventure stuff on dreamcast and what have you was was popular with some people but i didn't get on with any of that stuff so um so yeah this this one looks up my up my streak for sure i think so fingers crossed it turns out and um, fulfills it potential uh I, I
1: think i think there's absolutely no doubt it will be in my head it's gonna be the. it's still there's no way it can't be as as good as the ones from the, the Mega Drive era, it will it will be as good as those games. To say. it will be the best game since those games, should I say? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's better than any of those Mega Drive games remains to be seen. It's all going to come down to sort of level design and whatnot. But um, um, it's definitely got potential. Um, but we'll have to see. It's going to be an interesting one for people to sort of wrap their heads around, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what people actually think once it comes out because if it is as good as that will people give it the recognition it deserves I'm mean, be interesting to see like I say
0: yeah okay well that's that's Sonic 2 for the Mass System then um, so for mine we, we're going a bit later but we're sticking with Sega um, so uh, it, it's Shenmue um, <laughs> so so um, Not exactly, strictly speaking, not not childhood, I suppose, for me. So the Dreamcast was released, uh, I think, October 99. I was at university at that point. Um, And I'd kind of headed to university, uh, massively into games still. I had a a PlayStation uh, uh, when I first went in 98. PlayStation 2 came out while I was there, and I'd kind of gone tentatively thinking... Oh, is it a bit uncool to be as, as into video games as I am? New environment, and you know, am I gonna meet people who who are as into games, or do I need to quietly, you know, push that to one side? And and uh, but thankfully, met people very quickly who were were very much into gaming as well, and it was a huge part of university life. You know, a lot of multiplayer nights and and stuff playing, you know, Pro Evolution Soccer, Golden Eye, all that all that kind of stuff. But the Dreamcast came out, and it just being a poor student. There's just no way I could afford one at at, at that time, but there's there's some stuff that was lined up for it that I was really interested in. Um, I think uh, Resident Evil: Code Veronica was the one kind of mid two thousand that really had me hankering for it, and I'd got a uh, kind of holiday job when I went back home um, in the Christmas holidays that year, um, working at electronics boutique, which was eventually bought out by Game. So essentially it's a game shop um and had staff discount which was fantastic so I pumped all the all my wages straight back into uh into that particular store but um yeah i took advantage of that to to pick up a, a dreamcast and and Shenmue was the game that, that kind of really pushed me over the edge to do that i think that came out in december 2000 over here um i think pretty much a year after it had been out in japan um but it was just a, a game that it, it just offered so much are so much in in terms of gaming that that I had always kind of maybe dreamt of and and beyond, but but never really seen realised. You know, just this this idea of a three D open world with. With characters that go about their daily routines, whether you're around them or not, um just the, the minutiae of the of day to day life, you know, going and working for a living and at the docks and, and driving a forklift truck around and um being able to explore. I mean, it's 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 old hap at this point, but you know, being a, at that point, being able to go and root around the drawers in houses and and find items and all that kind of stuff was just completely new to me. It kind of really blew my mind, you know again things that are, are you know you wouldn't think twice about now but it's like a day night cycle and weather different weather conditions and, and things like that um just just crazy stuff just something that I'd, I'd never really come across before and um yeah it's just one of those things that really lived up to expectations for me you know it's I think you know, there's all this talk coming into it. Again, we talked a little bit earlier on about have, buying the the magazines. Well, I obviously, the internet wasn't wasn't a, um well, it was around, I suppose at that point. But but certainly wasn't something I was I was using a lot. Um, but you'd read. You know, Suzuki had 16 chapters, I think it was in mind, and and Shenmue one would be the first chapter, and I think Shemu two ended up being like something like chapters three to six and they had all these grand vision and just the first time you'd hear this this kind of visionary having a whole story mapped out and you're just playing a tiny portion of it and um you know he's got this grand scheme just excited me hugely and i think i i can see that the game would have split opinion hugely because i really have real vivid memories of playing the early part of that game so um you playing your main character. Your, your father's been been murdered, and you're out to to find out what's happened and why why he was killed and and uh, and who's responsible. And basically, you you get a little notebook, and you have conversations with people, and you you get little um, tidbits of information that you think you need to go and find out more about. And you could basically go and speak to all these different people around the town. And I just remember my mum sort of sitting reading the book, and then while I was playing, and you'd just be asking the same question over and over again to different people about, oh, the, I think it's like, oh, he was in a black car. Have you seen a black car? It but he was just asking the same thing, and it, it, that didn't bother me. I think as as a I've noticed now with my son playing games, things like game soundtracks or repetitive noises, when you're playing it, it just really doesn't bother you at all. But if you're if you're set off to the side trying to do something else, it's one of the most irritating things in the world. But I think for my mum hearing this dialogue over and over and over again, she's just, she just really remember getting <laughs> completely fed up and just walking out of the room. But for me, that didn't didn't bother me. The, the kind of slow, ponderous pace of it was was just so... Interesting to me that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Sonic game where that's a bad comparison, but you know, it's it's not something that you're trying to race through and get to the end. It's something where you're actually um, taking your time, trying to gather information, and and just kind of just that sense of wonder being opened up, and just the fact that it's this 3D open world kind of walking game where you're walking around it. But within that, there's a whole kind of combat system in there as well. And um, I think did Suzuki work on Virtua Fighter? Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 So it's obviously not as, as um intricate as that, but there there are, you know, lots of different moves to unlock and, and and what have you. Just all of this kind of being crammed into one game was just incredible. And you know, you go to the arcade and there would be other whole Sega arcade games within the game to play and I remember um I don't know whether this was ever the case or not, but there's a Saturn in your room, in the, at the start of the game as well. And I was always convinced, oh, you must be able to find Saturn games and stuff. I don't know whether that was the case or not, but certainly there were the, the arcade, playable arcade games in there. It's just, just, just so much scope in a single game. It just, just kind of completely blew me away, really, and kind of justified the the purchase of the of the Dreamcast on its own, I think. Um, so yeah it's it the other thing it's famous for it didn't introduce quick time events but I think Suzuki coined the phrase and it was very reliant on that in certain places which is another thing that definitely splits opinion I think certainly in in modern games if games are too reliant on them but here it was it was something that was quite a, a something that that I really enjoyed it, you know it kept the action flowing without having a completely static cutscene, and it was all in game you know um engine and and stuff and again set in japan and and um just something i wasn't complete wasn't particularly familiar with something that's completely new to me and um yeah I, i just loved the fact that it was such an ambitious game that was available in the living room available to play and uh uh the fact that i'd had to save up so much and I think that situation that you had with Sonic 2, something you've been looking forward to for a long time, I think if I'd had a similar kind of um, disappointment with it, it would have been quite crushing but yeah, it yeah. kind of really lived up to my expectations and, and went way beyond them I think Yeah,
1: I I I um, I did. I suppose my question did you, were you following sort of the, the development of the game before it came out? Because I remember Shenmue was talked about when the Dreamcast launched, it was like um, so here's the Dreamcast coming out, by the way, Yu Suzuki's working on this. <coughs> I can't remember what the figure was, most expensive game ever made, I think. It was think always what was quoted in the magazines, and it was something I, ridiculous
0: for the time. I think it was $70 million, I think, <laughs> the, first, the first game, yeah, which is, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I remember reading magazines and seeing the screenshots and seeing videos and... Uh, just following like every single piece of news about Shenmue. That's what I yeah. remember, I don't, I don't know if that was the same for you. Leading up to it, did you have that sort of expectation going into
0: it? Yeah, in I think I, think I think I definitely did. I was definitely buying, um, or I had been since since the Mega Drive, in buying magazines like Sega Power and Me Machines and all the and just yeah scouring everything. So I definitely will have been well across uh, the development of Shenmue, I think, and yeah it was just this insanely ambitious project that you just thought you know if this comes off it's going to be absolutely ridiculous and it's not without its flaws but it's just the scope of the game is is incredible and that spills over into to Shenmue 2 as well which came out the following December I think yeah. um which uh I mean again I also love there's there's a section in particular in that game that that um, again, I would have played played over Christmas. Just the towards the end, of the game, the Yellowhead Building. Yeah, um, it's just just one of my favourite ever memories. I mean, frustrating, A frustrating section to say the least. But just the whole uh, pacing of it, and uh, I mean, I won't go. Into, I mean, a bit odd to not talk spoilers for a game that's getting on for no, 20 no, years but, old. But, but the, the payoff, the payoff yeah, is incredible it, as well. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just such such a. a yeah right up there in my kind of most memorable gaming gaming moments um in that game um but yeah just just both games are are, are incredible and, and uh, like I say I can I can understand why the people who don't who don't get not don't get the games that's incredibly patronizing <laughs> to say but you know the, the people who don't uh, enjoy the games I, I get why if if it's not the kind of thing that interests you but I've such fondness for for those games and, and incredibly excited about the third one I mean I can't, I just really hope. I'm not disappointed with the third one, but I'm just, just glad that it's it's going to be a thing, you know, after all this time. Um, I can't really begrudge uh, if it's not quite up to, to expectations at this point. Yeah. Um,
1: so when you got your Dreamcast then, did you did it get it just with Shenmue or did you get a bunch of games? Because obviously by that point, Dreamcast only really had a two-year life cycle that came yeah. out in '99, yeah. And I think even by... I think... I I might be wrong, but I think by the time Shenmue came out, they had already said that they were going to be discontinuing it, I think. I might be wrong on that, but it was around that time. They were already... Or or that might have been the Christmas when they were pushing it. That could have been... I think
0: uh, it was. It was the Christmas where...
1: They were really um, pushing.
0: Yeah, I think there was a price drop, which pushed me over this to get it as well. Um, And did the
1: PlayStation 2 just come out? Was was it that Christmas? I I think uh, it was. I think the PlayStation 2 had just come out and Sega were doing everything they could to sort of push as much as possible.
0: I don't know because I I got a PlayStation Two on launch, and I I was feeling that that was the year after, but maybe it wasn't. You might well be right, um. But I would be surprised if I could have afforded two in the same year. But yeah, I I don't remember is the honest answer. But they they were definitely. I I don't think I would have. I think I probably would have waited if I knew that it was about to be discontinued. I think I probably would have waited for a further price drop, um. But I might be I might be mixing my memories up there, um, but no. To answer your question, no. I got um, Code Veronica*, um, which again that that lived up to expectations for me. Um, *Sonic Adventure*, which didn't, <laughs> uh, and uh, *Soul Calibur*. I think was the other game I got with it, um, okay. which I, I wasn't particularly into fighting games. Um, I never had a I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so um, *Street Fighter* wasn't. Um, as huge for me as it was for some other people. I mean I know it eventually came to Mega Drive, it wasn't wasn't really the same with the with the pad. Um so but so, but no Soul, Soul Calibur kept my interest for quite a while despite not being particularly into into kind of um fighting games. But but no, definitely Code Veronica and, and Shemu were the ones that that really drove the purchase I think and, and Shemu in particular. And uh yeah it definitely it definitely justified it I think. Yeah.
1: Did you did you sort of play it quite continuously know No sort that The next few months, and or did you kind of blitz it quite quickly? Because the the thing, the, the interesting thing with Shenmue, like you alluded to, is is it's the first thing I've I've sort of made as a note. Is it's the slow pace? I mean, the yeah. pacing of Shenmue is really different to a lot of other games that were coming out on consoles, in particular. I suppose that slower pace had already been in sort of adventure games quite a lot on the PC, but in terms of console games, it's not something you would ever really see that often, and. Uh, yeah. I think that was the th- that was the biggest thing for me was just how serene and slow paced the game was um and and how it punctuates the the moments of action have more relevance because of yes. the mundane elements that you have to deal with day to day It's because you have this anticipation for something happening um it's almost like a, it's almost like a western isn't it you know you, you, you have the long drawn drawn out yeah. before the big gunfight you know it's the same yeah. sort of thing um that was the thing that struck me and I remember when I played it and I I bought it lunch day, so again it came out. Came out November. So mm. I was definitely playing it over Christmas, but I played it for a long time. I played it probably every week up until sort of mid summer, I think, until I finally completed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I um I definitely played it continuously, but I didn't blitz it. I, so I'm I think at that point I had what I have now, which is this need to kind of rinse everything out of a game before pushing on with the main story so okay. um so although there weren't kind of real side quests as such in it it, it was kind of a real really wanted to explore and always oh, there is there a little bit more information i can find out before i move on to the next area um but no it definitely was my once i'd started that was my game in focus it was that's the game i'm playing with all my spare time you know that's that's what sure. i'm going and playing through so it was probably somewhere in between I wasn't rushing through it, but I was definitely, um, yeah, giving giving it all my attention whenever I could, and, and and was certainly keen to find out where the story was going.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think I probably played it a very similar way too. I almost, you know, with something like that, I almost tried to play a little bit sort of in character, if that makes sense. It, it, yeah, it's, it's quite, it was quite an easy game to feel like you were living that in that world um, more so than any other game that I played previously Shemu Shemu was the first where I felt like you like you said before because you have people who are you see the same people but they're all living in these houses and you can like follow them back to the house at the end of the yeah. day and they'll go yeah. back home or, or be in the park during the day it was crazy the amount of detail that they put into some of the some of the AI in that game, I, I can't even understand how, why or how they programmed all of that stuff in. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's even now, it's mind-boggling some of the stuff they were doing with Shenmue. Um, the, like I said, the budget, and I remember reading about the full orchestral soundtrack, which was mm. you know some Philharmonic orchestra, and I remember reading about they for for a game show they they'd, they'd spent. They, spent, they did plaster casts of all the character models for the game, so they could 3D <laughs> model them properly. Right. Which is craziness. Yeah. It's absolute mentalness, some of this stuff. Um, if you remember as well in the game, you had the, the fourth disc was the Shenmue Passport, which was That's dedicated right. just to some of this stuff where they had really high polygon models of faces that you could get them to say some of the lines and you could zoom in on the eyes and see the reflections of the world. It was a crazy, crazy game to come out in the year 2000. And I still think that now. It is, it is crazy. Like, my head was blown straight off when I played Shenmue for the first time. I remember that opening scene which I don't think you've really given justice to with Mm. the you you're running home and the rain and the thunderstorm's going, and just the way they shoot some of it it's like a it's like a film they they yeah. they, they film it completely right, and you have this tension and then you know something's wrong, and the music changes slightly and there's this this slung sort of really slow sort of like dialogue between Landy and your father and and you know Although it's a bit hammy at times, it, it didn't really come across, especially at that point in the game. It, it the, 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 like I say, the style and the tension, just the way it was shot, I suppose, was just, yeah, it, it blew me up, it blew my head off. Like the the fair, that first scene, I was just like, I was just gobsmacked. I was just, and and I'm, I think I'm a similar age to you. I played Shenmue when I was at uni as well. So uh, yeah, it was first year of uni when that came up for me. And um, right. But even so, it was just like, yeah. It, I think, again, there was so much anticipation for me, for the shampoo. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> I read yeah. so much about it that um, I just wanted to know what it was going to be. It was, And it was quite interesting because it's one of those games that was written about where it was never really... I remember reading about it, but it was never really made clear about what the game was going to be. Or right. how it played, I never got a sense from sort of reading previews about what. So what am I doing? It was always sort of my question in it, in the back of my head. It's like, so what is it? Because it's not a fighting game, mm. but it's not an RPG because it doesn't look like it's got. To me, it's like well, they don't have numbers like a Japanese RPG, but they're calling it an RPG, but it doesn't feel like what. Well, yeah. Describing it as, um, and then and then the battle systems with. They've got real-time battles, but then you've got these QT battles. I was like, "Oh, that doesn't sound very good." And that didn't sound, <laughs> yeah. I was really like, "What?" Well, I've got no idea what this game's really actually going to be. I just know that I need to play it. That was, yeah. That was kind of um, how I went into Shenmue. But um, yeah, it it came out sort of. Uh, it came out in November. And I remember lots of other Dreamcast games came out that year. It was crazy. Uh, I think I bought like four Dreamcast games like Christmas. Right. Um, right. But um, but yeah, once I started to get into Shenmue, it was like, well, this is this is the game I'm going to be playing, and it's a nice game to play for Christmas. Uh, yeah. But particularly particularly the calendar because <laughs> if you remember, <laughs> the calendar starts in sort of November time. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then uh, you get into December, and then the snow starts falling. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really nice, and the Christmas music starts playing in the town centre. Yeah. And then one of one of the characters dresses up as Sansa to promote his shop. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's so cool. And yeah. I I I I did a lot of sort of admiring in that game. And again, I don't I don't know many games there's been games I've done this with in the past, but sometimes you get games where you're just looking at me like, How do they do this? And I remember mm. just looking at things like looking up to the sky at sort of the telephone poles and yeah, the lighting and stuff. I was just like, "This is incredible! This is absolutely insane!" And I just spend time looking around and just taking it leisurely, you know, and just soaking in the atmosphere of that game. Um, it's um, it's really special, and it it's the 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 legacy is not what I expected. I did not expect it to be as uh, I didn't expect it to have the impact that it had in some sense but it definitely has because mm-hmm. I mean at the time it was definitely you know it was a flop um, I remember buying it from um, from EB actually and I knew one of the guys there and he he said oh yeah we've only got like two or three copies in and I went to buy it and it was like a big Christmas rush you know um, before Christmas and the shop was completely full and like everybody yeah. else was buying like PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2 stuff and that was why yeah. the Dreamcast game you know it, it was already <laughs> like that yeah, yeah. So it was, I already felt like well nobody else is going to be playing this I didn't have and like you say the internet was around and I remember kind of getting involved with sort of discussion groups I was on um, the uh, old Usenet Dreamcast group and things like that mm. so there was excitement there but it wasn't the same there wasn't that online community and I didn't really know people so it's it like I, I was only the I was pretty much the only person I knew was playing Shenmue and I remember at the time just thinking this is just insanely this is incredible. It's like why why is everybody else playing blurry looking N sixty four games and <laughs> you know, badly optimised PS two launch titles when you can play this and I was yeah. just yeah, I was just it was a gobsmacking game. Um I I I I've I have a great affection for Shenmue One. Uh, in particular one over two as well actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I'm similar. I think uh, th- as I say that that particular section of Shenmue Two is is perhaps the most memorable of, of the whole two games for me. But um, but yeah, I think as a whole, um, just because of the the timing of it and the, and the impact it had on me, I think um, having never played anything like it, and ha- as you say, having read about it and and thinking this sounds incredible in scope, can it really possibly live up to it? And then and then seeing that it had was 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 amazing, really. Um, are the the Yakuza games anything like Shenmue at all? Because I own a number of them, but I haven't played them yet. Is, is there any similarity there?
1: Um, yeah, I would say so. I would, they they feel like a a, a more uh, they they feel they feel almost like a sense of ground. I would say between a, a Grand Theft Auto and and a Shenmue game. So they, okay. you know, Shenmue has this strange. Um, language where they don't swear. I don't, don't know, if, don't know if you ever picked up on it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. The, 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 fa- the famous one is when you get the punk guys and they'll, they'll go, "Kiss off, punk!" You know, <laughs> "Kiss off!" Like, who says "kiss off"? You know, it's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. So you know, whereas Yakuza's is not afraid to kind of f and blind and be a okay. bit more um, sort of seedy, I would say as well. And, and that's the thing, you know, the Yakuza are games. By its very nature of being around, you know, crime syndicates in in, the, in Japan yeah, is a yeah. lot more closer to those sort of you know seedy sort of things and um, um, you know um, a lot of gambling and prostitution and all those sort of things were brought into it. Whereas Shenmue has this idealized version of Japan in some ways. whereas yeah. J- yakuza is a bit more sort of realistic in terms of that, that seedy underbelly in some sense um but in terms of mechanics and things yeah it's it's i think i think anybody who who enjoys some elements of shenmue would probably enjoy elements of yakuza um yeah the, the, the only thing i would say about yakuza is very goofy whereas shenmue has always been quite um serious in terms of the story it's trying to tell isn't it? okay yeah. it's, a, it's a kung fu sort of story but it's very much rooted in reality Um there yep. are a few things that are a little bit sort of mm, touch and go but mm. in in broad senses it's very much rooted in this is a place that could exist in japan and these are people that could exist and this is a story that could be told around martial arts in japan whereas yakuza kind of goes completely video game stupid at times, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it depends what you're after. In term, but so uh, in terms of story, you know, they're very different sort of beasts. But in terms of sort of mechanically, there's definitely sort of crossover there. And um, if you've never played any of them, you should definitely sort of at least play one or two of them because they're interesting games for sure.
0: I mean, I've, I've got a, a, a quite a few of them. But what I'll inevitably do now is now that they've an- announced that the the remake of the first one's coming over here, I'll wait for that and because I want to play them through in order probably mm-hmm. but um um but yeah uh, they they've always appealed to me but I think I've um picked up I think a couple have been on PS Plus in the past and mm-hmm. others have been really cheap in sales so I've kind of accumulated them over over the last few years and mm-hmm. Just not not got to them yet, but no, they're definitely definitely of interest. I think they're
1: they're definitely more gaming than Shenmue. That's the only yeah. thing I would say. I think they definitely sort of appeal to that side. They have more stats and things you level up and things like that. Shenmue doesn't really have that. Shenmue no. always been very. It, it's one of those few games. It it, it, it sheds as much of, of it being game as it possibly can. It's quite mm-hmm. interesting. It's again, you know, to talk about influence and talk about previous episodes but I have no doubt that David Cage was definitely influenced by some of the things Shenmue was doing because it like I say he tries to do the same where he's trying to move many of the game sort of layers off the game as possible it does it doesn't do the game sort of things and um, even the idea of having the notebook so you can see where you're up to to try and make it feel a bit more sort of uh, not you know it's like contextualizing elements of the game. There isn't anything that isn't contextualised in terms of yeah. objects or items and time is all done. You know, you look at your watch and you can see the time. It's not like, you know, it's it's something that's ticking down in the corner of the screen. Although, yes. it, although it is actually in the bottom corner. But you know what I mean? Yeah. They try and yeah. contextualise things and make things feel realistic in that sense. And they were, that was always the thing with it. It's like, I remember there being a page dedicated to the fact you could, in a magazine reading, that you could operate the vending machines and the toy capsule machines and oh yeah i mean if you do one of those sequences they take like they take like three minutes yeah. to buy a toy capsule machine but it's yeah. really cool because of all the animation the time and the care they did to sort of put those things in place um, yeah absolutely
0: right yeah and it wasn't
1: pre-rendered like, like you said before all the cutscenes are sort of directed uh, completely completely in, in in engine and they will. Um, so when you're doing those sort of things, like those things with the toy capsules, they'll be different every time because they'll just do different sort of floating camera angles of the scene mm. things. So they program some sort of AI into the cameras there, and um, it's just got so much. There's so many firsts in that game as well. So many. I. I it's interesting you th- you think that it didn't invent QTs or or it was. I mean, a QT was definitely coined by Shenmue. Yeah, um, Can you remember anything that came before that? Because I certainly couldn't remember think, uh, anything doing something it's, it's, similar.
0: It's not the same, but I'm thinking of those kind of uh, mega CD games that that were okay, all yeah. all that. Oh, Dragon's yeah, Lair yeah. is is yeah. So that, I guess I'm thinking of that. It's not exactly the same because you're not getting the button prompts on screen and and, and what have you. Um, but that I think that yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. The, yeah. no, it is there. No. It's yeah. I remember
1: Road Avenger as well. Yeah, yes, that's games, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, they, they have them there, and it prompts up, and you press it within a time, and all So it is the same. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah it's interesting but that was the game that kind of brought it to the fore and um, I, th- I think again it's because they choreographed some of those fights with QTE so well um, yeah. the, the best the, the one that again just like I remember like I think I might have failed it on purpose because it was like it was so cool the first time was, <laughs> that again it's the lead up so you're asking around the famous line uh, do you know where sailors hang out blah, blah. <laughs> Let, let's not do the joke everyone's talks the top the sailors fly <laughs> But yeah. You get to the bar eventually, and you're going in there. It's all a bit like, "Hey, kid, kiss up and all this." And you should yeah. be here. Here's your milk, sort of thing. Yeah. And you're really and you're like trying to be all hard and stuff, which I could never. It always made me laugh. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't come across as a as a particularly yeah, strong character. does really no. But uh, so he's there, and then he ends up in this fight, yeah. and it's like a proper bar, like, like bar brawl, and yeah. glasses get smashed over the heads, and you know, it's yeah. just like a back casual sort of like uh, backwards sort of like punch to the face to someone to get him off his shoulder it's like yeah. crazy cool stuff um, yeah I, I I love that game a lot um, and it's it's because of the, the detail the, and, and Shenmue 2 you know it, it's, it's probably it's Shenmue 2 kind of expanded sort of the, the locales but it lost some of that smallness that Shenmue 1 had. Shenmue 2 never did that thing with the mm. the routines with the characters in the same way there are a lot of people that you don't interact with in that game whereas in Shenmue 1 every single person you can go up and ask a question to. Uh, yeah. Which is just crazy it's it's stupid almost the amount of time they spent on that game. Yeah. You, you wouldn't get that these days because people would go well why are we doing that it's not really part of a game and like I say with Shenmue 2 they probably realised that and they, they tweaked things a little bit mm. but yeah Me 1 was where they had I I, I I dread to know how many lines of dialogue that game's got because it would be something ridiculous Yeah. and the music as well just tons of great music in that mm. game mm. Um, loads of nice like, incidental sort of scenic sort of music that feels just nice to wander around to and and see the places. Um, I suppose, the one one of the things as well, the sense of place is really strong there, and um, when I went to Japan a couple of years ago, it was very much like, oh, this road's like like in Shamir, isn't it? It's like all narrow, and there's a little motorcycle going along the road. It was like, yeah. it, you, it, it was crazy how well it captured something like that, and you know, that was 15 years ago now. It's, it's,
0: mm. Mm.
1: mind-boggling to me um, mm. that that something captured a real place as well as that um, and, uh, and and I don't know if um, it would be interesting to see what Sh- Shenmue 3 ends up being because uh, mm. I don't think it will end up being something in the same level of detail as Shenmue 1 was because um, as I say it was it was its own unique thing and and um, I think sometimes I think that game was basically the only reason that game got the budget that it had was because it was it was designed to sell Dreamcasts, wasn't it?
0: And yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: I don't know if you would get that in in the current climate. You'd get some something of as much of a passion project as that ever again. Uh, but um, it's an incredible, incredible achievement. Um, yeah, um, have you been to Japan? And I
0: haven't. No, no, I haven't been.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you ever go, one thing I would stress is play the yakuza games as well because, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> again, they have one area in Japan and there's a there's a district within Japan that's pretty much identical in terms of road layouts. Right, um, it's okay. really central as well. It's it's sort of near Shibuya, um, yeah. And uh, uh, sorry, not near Shibuya. Near Shin, is it Shinjinku? Um, it's that that sort of area, yeah. and it's it's exactly the same. And when I was walking around there, I was like. Oh, and that's 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 the uh, that's the arcade. You go in here, and that's the that's the Don Kyoto on the corner, which is like a massive sort of chain um, of, of convenience stores in Japan. And it's in exactly the same place, and it plays the music as the same as it does in the in the game. It's it's um, kind of strange, but yeah, you, you yeah. definitely you definitely get that feel. I remember again in Shenmue, you, you go in the shop in there, and you've got the music, the jolly music, and I was like. This is really strange, but you go to Japan and that's what it is. That's how shops are like in Japan, you know, Uh, with raffles on the counter. That's kind of (laughs) right. That's how things work over there. Uh, Yeah. So it's it was just really really good to sort of see culturally something like that so well
0: realized
1: in a video game form.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's. uh, as I say, it's it's definitely one of those kind of standout memories for me that, that that game in particular, and it will it'll be interesting to see how how Shenmue three turns out. It, it, it as you say, it can't possibly be of the scope of the of the first one. I don't I don't think, but as I said earlier on, I think just the fact that he is getting to continue that after all this time is is pretty amazing, really. And for a game that, as you mentioned, it, it was it was hard to know that 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 kind of. Um, that feeling was out there for it at the time because although, it, you know, it sold uh, uh, what sounds like, you know, it sold over a million copies I think, but but it clearly didn't recover its budget by any stretch of the imagination, so uh, yeah for, for him to be able to kind of do that after all this time is, is amazing really, so yeah I'm, I'm really kind of interested to see how that turns out but yeah okay so that's, that i guess that's that's kind of it really for for the christmas special um so we'll be back in the new year with our next kind of main episode which will be featuring assemblance and silent hill Shattered memories um but until then thanks very much for listening uh, take care and we'll speak soon